Welcome to Podcasts of Foes. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Canaan's Tome of Foes, we worked with more than 20 of the community's favorite live play D&D podcasts to record special episodes using monsters and lore from Tome of Foes. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and dungeon masters, and hopefully you will find one or two new podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and Canaan's Tome of Foes, head to dnd.wizards.com slash mtof or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. I wanted to thank Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords for organizing all these amazing adventures from the community in this podcast of foes. And to find out about the next D&D adventure, check out the Stream of Many Eyes on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. More information on that event can be found at dnd.wizards.com slash s-o-m-e. Have fun listening to this awesome one-shot adventure featuring monsters, stories, and lore pulled straight from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, available in game stores on May 18th and everywhere else on May 29th. Have fun rolling dice! Lawful and Orderly is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Welcome to Lanarcanum, the city of magic. Built around the infinitely tall Everspire, the city shimmers with arcane energy. But that kind of power brings trouble. Trouble that sometimes seems to spawn from thin air. And no one knows trouble better than the Lan Arcanum public detectives. With visions of the future outlawed, the LAPD must sometimes break the rules in order to work with seers and prophets to save lives. These detectives for hire deal with the strangest and most convoluted mysteries in Lan Arcanum. This is one such mystery. Just the, imagine the Dolby uh, digital sound there. Oh yeah, that would be good. Can we take that? Probably not. It's probably pretty copyrighted. <laughs> probably. Welcome to Lawful and Orderly, Tome of Foes. A special one-shot episode of Lawful and Orderly that is part of Wizards of the Coast's Podcast of Foes event. Uh, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes is the newest, shiniest Dungeons & Dragons supplement. It covers some of the greatest conflicts in the multiverse, and it features the dry, critical wit of that master magician himself, Mordenkainen. Wizards of the Coast is working with actual play shows, like ours, to showcase Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. They have been kind enough to send our group an advanced copy, and they're hosting this episode of Lawful and Orderly on their Dungeon Delve podcast feed. Uh, Lawful and Orderly streams every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the RPG Academy Twitch channel, and our podcast releases twice a week on our own feed. Now... Let me introduce myself and our players. I am Andrew J. Young, and I am the Dungeon Master for this episode. First up for our players, we have the affable Scott Brown. Howdy, all you kids out there in Radio Land. Hi, Scott. Yeah, you're so awesome. <laughs> Next, we have the talented Jeffrey Copeland. What's up, guys? <laughs> and we have the brilliant Clara. Hello. Last but not least, the charming Marty McGuire. Oh, hello there. Good good to see you. Uh, finally, while we play Dungeons & Dragons, we do things a bit differently when we make checks to find clues. If a character fails their check to find a clue, they will still find the clue, but they must give up something or compromise themselves in some way in order to get it. Attack rolls, initiative, and any other checks unrelated to clues are still going to function normally. Get ready for some botched dice. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So many dice will be rolled. And we begin. We see the massive, magical metropolis of Lan Arcanum. The Everspire towers in the center, infinitely tall. 
and the city's many districts spread out from there. The city is abuzz with activity, and there are signs of celebration in the streets. We zoom in on the Smiths District, past weapon shops, armories, and aluminum smithies. We find ourselves outside a bakery slash cafe called Crust in the Wind. Inside, the cafe is quiet, in spite of the celebrations taking place elsewhere in the city. There are a few regulars at the counter silently drinking coffee, and a table of mostly unkempt folks sitting in a quiet corner. Suddenly, the door swings open, and a group of five figures step in. A canny halfling armed with dual blades and accompanied by a fearsome canine. A hulking half-orc wielding a massive bludgeon and wearing a scowl. A handsome human carrying a musical instrument and winking seductively at everyone. And an aloof elf clad in robes and carrying a glittering holy symbol. Clearly, these are adventurers about to set off on a quest of great importance. And then the camera pans back to the table of dirty misfits. A young woman is sitting opposite these misfits. She's dressed in business casual but also has tinted spectacles, a wide-brimmed hat, and a trench coat, and is wearing a nervous look on her face. Why don't we introduce those those misfits sitting around this table with this young woman? Scott, why don't we start by having you describe your character, Illin Brownfeet? Uh, yeah, Illin is a stout little halfling with a couple of uh, short swords on uh, their back and a lovable canine uh, that's, that's just about as dirty as can be, uh, an adorable mastiff uh, at their side. And uh, just just a smile, almost ear to ear, plastered on their face at all times. Perfect. And Clara, why don't we talk about Aloe Seda? Uh, Aloe is a half-orc rogue. She is clad in leather. She has a small rapier on her hip, and she has her hand there uh, attached to her back. She has her mace, Aloysius, and she has uh, several other weapons in her mouth that's why she's speaking through gritted teeth and um yeah uh the name's al i won't be eating anything because uh her mouth is occupied at the moment Ooh, ooh, i'll take her portion and uh let at that moment we cut over to uh shannon sparks jeffrey why don't you describe shannon for us of course shannon's seven foot fierce she obviously her, the fact that she's half unicorn helps because she, instead of having to wear heels every day, she can just wear her feet, which are hooves, which is super helpful. Um, she's always equipped for the seasons. She usually opts for wearing some sort of garb that has pockets, obviously, because she likes to put stuff in them. That's what Shannon's doing. And just to clarify for listeners, uh, Shannon is not a sort of a centaur. She's a bipedal half unicorn yeah no ew she doesn't date centaurs either just to make that clear to the audience she is not a centaur uh and finally marty why don't you introduce us to aaron tweet twilson yeah aaron is a uh a little on the the handsome side for a human and he's got kind of a familiar face you've probably seen uh, aaron or at least his family's traveling show the traveling twilsons who go town to town doing great feats of acrobatics and telling and and recreating tales of old and aaron gave up that life to become a detective but he uh, being the the thespian uh doesn't really know what a detective is like until someone tells him. So Aaron is wearing his normal acrobatics gear, stage blacks and a climbing harness. Uh, He is currently finishing his third coffee and listening very intently, uh, hoping to figure out who he's going to have to be today to solve this case. Perfect. 
Uh, and just as the young woman sitting across from the four of you and Bark, the dog, uh, just as she opens her mouth to speak, the dulcet tones of Lan Arcanum's favorite news-delivering now-sayer echo through the tavern. Hello, Lan Arcanum, it's me, Skip Skyseeker, now-sayer 5, with your morning news. An enterprising new business has opened up in Lan Arcanum. They're calling it an arcade. I hope you heard the finger quotes. And it is quite popular with children and adults alike. Inside, visitors can pay money, more finger quotes, to participate in a sort of illusory stage play. But some folks are asking, is it too violent for children? Well, I don't know, but I'm sure it will sort itself out. What I do know is that it is a very special day here in Lan Arcanum, a day that only comes once a year. If you were like me, you were so excited that you barely got a wink of sleep last night. That's right, everyone. It's Trash Day! Find the trash hole nearest to you and dump in any organic materials and metals. But remember to save your stones and rocks for Gollum Awareness Day. I'm Skip Skyseeker, now say a five, and that's all the news that's fit to shout. Happy Trash Day, everyone! Trash Day. I love Trash Day. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I forgot. I've got a whole pile I've been saving. I'm, I'm starting to think of maybe maybe getting rid of this pair of overalls? Like, <gasps> I I know. I've, it's been ten years. I, I, I feel like once they're old enough to vote in the city elections, maybe maybe it's time to get rid of them. Yeah, uh, Ellen, yeah, the smell is pretty terrible. I can barely hear you with um, that dagger in your mouth. It's so weird. Aloe, if you want to take the weapons out of your mouth, I really don't think that, you know, you're going to need them uh, quite yet. It feels like maybe okay. you should let, let me maybe explain the situation a little bit. Okay, um, yeah. Aloe opens her mouth and then you can just hear all the metal just clank, 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 on the table. table. Yeah. An un- a surprising number of weapons fall out of her mouth. Um, and this is Claire DeLune, uh, a seer who you've worked with a few times before probably at least once uh she's a a human a young human woman and uh she occasionally has visions of the future and she seems to come to you with one of these visions um it's just it's it's kind of a really scary one um i had this vision earlier this morning Uh, i'm sorry when you when you say vision um because just because we're in a public place uh you i'm sure you mean um flash of intuition that was yeah. oddly specific i i had a thought early this morning <laughs> and then i hallucinated about it a little bit that happens to everyone okay what happened well why don't we all and she pulls out a crystal ball like that's like wrapped in in uh cloth but like poorly wrapped you can pretty much you can see it very strongly through the cloth uh, why don't we all just, um, I'm just going to put this unidentified on the object on the table. And if we can all just touch this object through the wrappings, then I think you'll sort of get the gist of, of the thing of, of it all. Is that, is that clear? Could we all just, if you touch the crystal ball, you'll, yeah, you'll see the vision I had. Just, just, yeah. just five people reaching their hands out to simultaneously touch an object that is in no way going to communicate a vision of, of the future or otherwise. This isn't no problem. shady at all. Not. All right, and so you all reach out and touch the crystal uh, ball, and suddenly you find yourself whisked into the vision. You find yourself underground, somewhere in the network of sewers and catacombs that run beneath Lan Arcanum. 
Oh, not the sewers again. Oh, gross. <laughs> Hold I on. Love let the sewers. Let the vision play out. It's really, it's real. I would not have gotten hold of you guys if it wasn't really super duper serious. Yeah, all right. Oh, not gross. You see a dwarf man in white coveralls sprinting down a tunnel, fear in his eyes. Oh, no. Oh, gods. How could I not have noticed it sooner? It's too late. We're all going to die. It's too late. Suddenly, a bolt of red energy slams into the dwarf and he falls to the ground, stone dead. You hear movement, and you see another figure in white coveralls, holding a long, thin, ruby-red wand. Then, the vision shifts. Shifts. You are above ground in Lanarcanum, but the city is in ruins. Gigantic creatures, wreathed in fire, fight each other in the streets. Sinister fiends, dripping with poison and blood, clash against each other by the hundreds, and the sky is full of winged monstrosities and a rain of boiling acid. And then the vision ends. So, that was what I wanted to talk to you guys about. And Was that dwarf accurate? Because he said it was too late. Uh-oh. I don't know. Aaron, um, Aaron gets up to look out the window and see if there are any monstrosities flying around in the sky. Nope. Uh, you see some people uh, uh, happily uh, dancing around a trash bag. <laughs> oh, right. It's trash day. Uh, Aaron, Aaron waves at them. Happy trash day. Oh, happy trash day to you too, sir. Did we see any trash uh, in this vision that would date it to honor about trash day? You know, you didn't, but the whole city was kind of trashed uh, oh, okay. at the time yeah. that you did yeah. see the city. And the other of it took place in the sewers. So yeah. it was all garbage down there also. So hard to tell, really. Um. So I know you guys usually take payment up front, but I don't really have much to offer. Um, I was kind of hoping. Okay, let's go, guys. <laughs> oh, I was kind of hoping. And then. Alec gets up. But when you stand up, you find yourself no longer in in Crust in the Wind, the combination bakery and cafe. Um, you find yourself plunged into darkness again. But this time, as the light returns, you find yourself s- seemingly in the depths of space. Before you stands a robed figures, his hands outstretched. And his voice booms out at you. It is I, the great Zoominen Hans. And in spite of your unjust anti-seer law, I have brought you here to share with you a vision of utmost import. And this, uh, in space, a, a square of uh, blackness appears and suddenly fills with a vision. You see a figure in a... in. Uh, white coveralls uh, with a red wand at their hip. And they are getting out of a carriage uh, outside of a small shop. And uh, the top of the shop reads arcade. And uh, they pass by a parking meter and enter into the arcade. And the vision ends. That person has entirely failed to feed the meter. Such flagrant disregard for the law must be dealt with. Else it shall lead to anarchy. I charge you each with uncovering the identity of this meter bandit and reporting them to the proper authorities. And as recompense for dealing with this troubling criminal, I shall bestow upon you each a mighty gift, a pendant of fire steel, forged in the heart of the elemental plane of fire and emblazoned with the celestial rune through my own arcane powers. Show off. 
Um, hey, uh, Zoomin, um, th that sounds really good, and I think we'll take the it case. It does. But, yeah, uh, definitely. But uh, you're offering us all of that to to catch somebody who didn't pay their parking meter? It's a slippery slope. Um, hi, Zoomin and Claire here. Um, you did uh -oh. only hand out four badges, um, so I assume that I'm not involved and also, I assume that Bark does not get the same kind of, like, maybe Illin and Bark, do you guys share, like, payment usually? My epic powers occasionally pick up people near those I bring into this domain. Okay, good. So, I'm just, I just want to make sure I'm not getting roped in here. So, okay, great. That's cool. Because I had my own real thing this morning that I was really worried about. I had plans to go pack a bag and take a vacation. Ooh, oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of weird. Uh, Claire, you saw a thing. Uh, zoom in. What do you what do you got in the in like the fire and brimstone in the city being destroyed in in chaos department? Are you seeing anything like that? Seeing anything? Why yes, this slippery slope. I'm positive that if you all capture this this meter bandit, that all will be well with the cosmos. Oh, all right. Well, that sounds like an easy fix. Doesn't it though? and you you find yourselves back in crust in the wind the combination bakery slash cafe uh zoom in and hans is gone um back to where whence he always hangs out in space and you are sitting there with claire de Lune. so okay so are you taking my case also i feel like there, there were both figures in white overalls and wands maybe this can be a twofer yeah it sounds like some overlap Okay, like like some sort of magical painters are up to no good in the city. Okay, so you're all four, all all of you are on board with with taking both cases, right? It's yeah. I mean, ass assuming that they are actually the same person at the center of the case, uh, we're, we're gonna do the one that we got paid for, and and just like kind of hope that that works out yours, if that makes yeah. sense. The um, you mentioned like a payment plan though, so I mean, I'm not gonna forget that. Uh, at that, the the baker standing behind the counter, who's uh, cast you all, cast you all in for those of you who bought coffee yet or you know baked goods, uh, leans over the counter and says, "Now listen up, you. I, if if it's payment you want, I will get you all lunch or something. But I, you 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 all need to do this. When I, you know, you know as well as I do that 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 Trash Day is the most sacred of all holidays. And by God's, if Land Arcanum's going to go down, it's not going to be on Trash Day. So go figure out whatever." thing claire showed you and and get all sorted out do, and the, do you know claire or, or us the this this woman turns to you and she shapeshifts from a human into a big minotaur oh. and she like pulls out she reaches down and rummages through a box and pulls out an old uh lanarcanum high guard uniform and the patch on it just says chief <gasps> the chief yeah the chief who do you think is the chief it's me oh, chief um, Aaron, Aaron goes to salute and then looks around at the rest of the coffee shop and does not. And she drops she she drops the uniform back into the box. A whole box of these I'm not using anymore. I'm going to trash day and get rid of them. But anyway, this is my cafe, so I'm going to kick you out. But also, if you do the thing, then you can come back and have lunch. Okay. Right away, Chief. Uh, yes, Chief. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, sir. I mean, uh, um, ma'am. First of all, it's definitely ma'am. And second of all, Brown V, get out. Yes, Chief. All right, so you guys, all five, all five of yourself, including Bark, uh, find yourself out on uh, the street outside of uh, Crest in the Wind. 
And uh, yeah, where are you going? What's what's what? Where did the investigation begin? Oh. Uh, so uh, before Aaron joined the actual High Guard, uh, while he was um, going through academy and uh, doing his training, Aaron actually worked briefly in parking enforcement, and. Uh, I would like to to roll history and see if Aaron recognized that specific meter or was able to identify some markings that would uh, that would tell where in the city that meter was uh, to give us a, a clue as to where that's going to be. That sounds great. It sounds like what you want to roll is an intelligence check and maybe add some sort of skill to that. Uh, we didn't even get to see what the vehicle looked like. Uh, and to Clara's point, I will go ahead and tell you it was powder blue. A powder blue vehicle. Powder blue. They're making those wagons in all kinds of colors. Uh, well, Meanwhile, Elon is talking to Bark like, well, Bark, uh, if this doesn't work out and we're all doomed, do you want to go to the arcade before the whole city is destroyed? Rolf. Rolf. Yeah, that sounds fun, doesn't it? Rolf. All right. Uh, alrighty. Uh, so that's straight intelligence roll or uh, can I take uh, history yeah, on you that? A, do you have a skill that you thought you could add to it as far as your history and like parking enforcement? I was hoping history? to just to just add history, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, great. So that's a sixteen total. <laughs> hey, that's a success. Uh, so uh, you know exactly where this is. In fact, um, you you don't recognize the carriage itself, but you do recognize that particular uh, parking meter uh, because it is outside a a sort of a strip mall, and those those businesses are constantly changing in and out. Like it's never the same business for more than a week or so at a time. And so there are constantly people parking in front of those meters who you would have to ticket um, for it's not always, being meter. It's always different people every time. Yep. The moving moving in their equipment and taking out their equipment and, you know, arguing with, you know, loan officers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, and it it is, you know exactly what that is. And uh, it is right in front of the arcade. <laughs> Guys. I've used my extensive memory of dealing with these meters day after day. I remember exactly where in the city this one particular meter. Wow, I could tell you so many stories. And I don't know why these people I'll don't just pay it. the meter. Uh, it's it's right in front of that um, the new arcade. Oh, boy. This might be a threefer. Rolf. Rolf. I didn't know you were a gamer, Bark. Rolf. 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 But I don't have your ball. Rolf. We'll have to play dog-sized basket orb later. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, the five of you uh, find yourselves in front of the arcade, um, standing uh, in front of the powder blue uh, carriage and the uh, uh, meter with an expired number on it. And the, the arcade the, from from inside the arcade, you can hear the sounds of joy and merriment, and also a little bit of death and horror. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, like a light undertone of death and horror. Aaron uh, looks to see if there's already a ticket on the the blue uh, cart carriage. What do we got here? Uh, there's not a blue. There's not a ticket on the powder blue uh, carriage as of yet. And you don't have the authority to write one because you are simply a detective for hire. Right. Uh, no. On, on the contrary, Aaron uh, rummages around in his pockets to uh, to see if he can feed the meter and uh, buy them some time in in case that it's a run in with law enforcement that kicks this whole thing off. Ah, oh, interesting. All right, yeah, you 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 dig out a few copper pieces and feed the meter. Should be enough time to at least sort it out. Ellen will pat the horses of the carriage and uh, 
being an expert in uh, all animals of the city and urban environment, feel how uh, hot their muscles are to, to kind of gauge how many minutes the carriage has been uh, idle here in front of the arcade. All right. Yeah. Wisdom uh, or uh, a charisma, charisma handle animal. Charisma handle animal. Yeah. Oof. All right. Not wisdom. All right. Here we go. Christmas one. I got I'm trained. Can Al do something? 12 total. She sure can. And that, oh, we'll take that as a success. Uh, Clara, why don't you tell me what Al wants to do? And then I'll get back to and tell Scott what uh, Ilan learned. Okay. I feel like Al wants to meet the person, right? Shouldn't we be meeting him? (laughs) That's certainly one thing you could do is storm into the arcade and find out whoever's, whoever's in there and left the parking meter running. Uh, No, Al is going to startle the horses. So like sets off the alarm so that, you know, the guy has to come out. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, so okay, so Ilan learns. Um, uh, Claire, sorry, why don't you give me an intimidation roll? Uh, charisma intimidation, your standard. Uh, uh, so, Scott, uh, Ilan learns that the horses have been there probably about I want to say fifteen, maybe twenty minutes already. Um, and uh, they nicker and whinny, and they're very friendly towards you because you are a master of, of animal interactions ellen pulls out some fresh oats out of some unseen pocket of her very grubby overalls and why they are carrying fresh oats in their pocket we'll never know but the horses love it and they love you and then uh i, I think the carriage has only been here for a little while and and uh oh oh Allah, what, what what are you doing you, you look so big <laughs> Allah, uh, smacks the horse on the butt what did you get on your roll? <laughs> i got at 18 oh perfect Plus four. uh the horses rear up um snap their leather straps and stay and take off down the street uh they are gone they they leave uh they do they do uh, uh jangle their bells and and rattle their their uh, harnesses loudly um and you see uh someone comes to the door and they poke their head out and they're not wearing white coveralls and they don't have a ruby red uh wand uh, at their hip they are a mind flayer and they are wearing a little badge uh, that says Brian uh, on a shirt that says Arcade. And it's clearly like been hand-stitched. The word Arcade has been hand-stitched onto this shirt. Uh, Brian, you just left your horses um, un- untethered. No, they're not my horses. I just wasn't seeing what the ruckus was. Hey, uh, have you guys ever been to an arcade? It's, it's a lot of fun. You guys would have a no. great time. No, we haven't been to an arcade. But Are you sure? Because mine's like... The I think the first one, and also very good. We, you we fashion literally work. step in, step inside your arcade. No, hold on, hold on. I, I would like to talk to the fashionable lady over there. Excuse me, ma'am. Oh, what's up, Brian? That's a cool name. You work here. Uh, often? Yeah, I also think it's a, a great name. Uh, my name's Brian Dryan, uh, a mind flayer, and uh, it was a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And uh, I would like to invite you into uh, visit the arcade. And here, and he produces a. A gold coin but on closer inspection it's like stamped uh with like the word token and it's a hundred percent two grooves down down the middle right 100 percent not valid uh currency uh, i would like to invite you into the arcade with a free game and he hands you the token and shannon catches it like oh guys okay powwow i've never been to an arcade i'm pretty sure that guy is like 50 but this is a good idea like we need to. Yeah. We should make this happen. Like, I mean, do, do, do you need a wingman? I mean, uh, he, he seems pretty exciting. Although I've heard they flay mines, but but 
That could be exciting. Whoa. These games are for kids. I thought you said save mines. You said fillet mines. What are they? It was, it's, it's, it's a mine flayer. Is, is that? Oh, that's, that's fine. I mean, we've, we've met mine flayers before, and most of them are perfectly fine people, like Bobby Flay. Didn't we put him in jail? Oh, right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, I think this will be great. Um, yeah, I got, I got to say, I've never uh, experienced entertainment like what they say goes on here at the arcade. I've trained all my life to, to play all kinds of roles, to, to be people throughout history, to sing songs about every event. But this, this arcade thing sounds uh, pretty good. Guys, we have a case to do. Like, don't you guys want real life action and not fake pretend action? Like, there's nothing like smelling the blood of your foes. How loudly do you say that, uh, Clara? How loudly does Aloe say that? (laughs) Uh, Very loud, as loud as she can. Perfect. Uh, Actually, uh, in point of fact, um, uh, I don't know who you are, ma'am, but uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I think there might be something for you in the old arcade, old Brian Ryan's arcade, because, uh, ma'am, what we have here is an illusory spectacle of only the most violent and bloodthirsty. And really, uh, it's a fantastic treat for uh, children and uh, adults of all ages. So, uh, and he pulls out another token. Oh, if you would like to, in fact, he pulls out three. Just one for all of you. I just want, I don't want to be like, that's a, it's oh. unfair to only oh. give you a couple each of you. Oh, wow. Come in, come in, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy a round of a... Uh, of my particular brand of, of fun and games. And he does then, at this point, go back into the arcade and leave you out on your own. I can't wow. believe he leads with the violence and then also leads with the children thing. Very, That's, uh, yeah. Very off It's an odd choice. Yeah. Maybe we can help him out with his marketing. Ooh, that'd be nice. Little rebranding. That'd be good. Okay, all right. We each have, we'll each have one token. We're only going to use one token and then we're going to get back on the case, guys. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, let's let's be real. The carriage was parked outside of the arcade. We saw the the person in the coveralls with the red wand go into the arcade. Probably they're in the arcade, so this gives us a cover to wander around and look for the person we're trying to find and enjoy ourselves. <gasps> Yay! All right, guys. All right. All right, so you enter the arcade with shiny new uh, free pass tokens in hand, and inside you find a pretty significant crowd of people. Um, you don't immediately see anyone in white coveralls inside, um, but you do see a whole lot of red, um, ruby red wands. Ooh. Um, most of them are smaller than the one that you saw in the first vision, um, and they have a much cheaper look to them. Uh, in fact, every, almost everyone is holding one of these, one of these ruby red wands. Um, there are a few people who are holding a sort of like ball of sludge. <laughs> Um, and it looks like it's dripping, but it doesn't actually drip. Like it's actually, it looks like it's dripping, but it's actually like molded into the shape of a dripping ball of sludge. So it's not actually like wet. You get closer, you're like, okay, it's like wood that's like carved into the shape of a dripping ball of sludge. Um, but it's all glossy and, and yucky looking. Um, and they're all like, they're all wearing um, these completely dark goggles and like waving in the air, like at nothing and shouting at nothing. Uh, but all clearly having a great time. There are lines of people. Uh, behind them like holding tokens and like eagerly waiting for their turn um oh yeah you came in great 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 welcome welcome again to uh brian dryan's uh, arcade and uh uh what can i do for you come in to try the games fun and games so so brian are, are these people just like on drugs is, is that is that the game 
Is it uh, frogs? No, no. What you're seeing is um, a sort of a sort of simulated illusory reality. Um, I'm 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 working. They're all playing right now. We only have one game. I will be honest. Um, in that game, uh, first of all, let me say it's based on cosmic history and uh, current events, and it's basically educational. So that we do have that aspect for the children. Basically, an educational game. Um, Anyway, in this game, let me just tell you what you do. I'll just give you the, the rough outline. You're going to get into the game. You're going to wear these magical spectacles. And you're going to see a scene before you that you just, you've never seen before. You're going to feel like you're really in. You're going to hear the sounds. You're going to smell the smells. You're going to taste the tastes. By the way, the smells and tastes are terrible. And there's no refund for those. Uh, but you're going to create a character. There'll be sort of an options uh, interface. Uh, you're gonna role play as that character, so you will pretend to be the character that you are. You are in this game. That's ridiculous. No, Whatever no. role play as a different character. Now, ma'am, because there's more. You're gonna try and level that character up to rank twenty. Uh, now you do. Everyone is gonna play as a sort of infernal fiend, uh, and I call this game tentatively demons and devils. Uh, sometimes it abbreviated D and D for short. Huh. Right. That'll never catch on. It's it's a brand new experience. I think you're going to love it. Brian, quick question. Uh, yeah. Do these, uh, all of these devils that, that we're going to be, uh, do they happen to look like they're on fire and do some of them fly? Oh, oh, sir. There is a wide variety of, of infernals, infernal fiends and, and denizens of, of the abyss and the la- nine layers of hell for you to, to portray. Uh, let me just lay out quickly to two sides. You can either be a minion of Jewiblex, the faceless lord, the oozing hunger. Uh, Jewiblex is the demon lord of the abyss. Uh, their armies aren't super powerful or organized, even by demon standards. Uh, mostly, Jewiblex is a threat because his uh, because their rather their slimy spawn would consume all the cosmos if given a proper launching point. Uh, it would have to be somewhere very magical with like a near infinite supply of physical uh, material. Uh, so you hmm. could be a member of uh, of Jewiblex's army, or you could be a member of the army of Asmodeus, uh, chief archdevil, lord of the nine hells. Uh, he's one of the most powerful creatures in the cosmos. It does make him basically unbeatable and not particularly interesting. Uh, I am trying to program in some other arch devils like Zariel or Levistus, but uh, having a bit of difficulty programming those uh, those folks in right now. So right now your options are Jewy Blex or Asmodeus. But again, you're gonna you're not gonna be portraying those characters. You'll be underlings in their armies. I, I ooh um. Well, <laughs> do, do we have to all pick the same? Uh, no, you got a whole variety. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on, a second. Pinky. Pinky, get back on there. And you see him like turn and there's a a greenish sludge uh, that is wobbling around in the background, kind of like a big plate of nasty jello. Um, and he has climbed up some stairs and is like uh, reaching out to try and touch somebody who's on the virtual reality. Uh, no, Pinky, Pinky, get, get back down to the basement. Go just take just chill for a second. Just chill for a second. Brian, we, we I we I feel like we should leave. Um we came, but that is oh, that no, 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 not no. touching that man? That's how Hang on an arcade works. This is what listen. we do. No, listen, listen. Uh this is I got Now listen. This is one of my ooze buddies. His name is Pinky. Um I I found they they showed up in my basement one day. Uh, when I first moved in here, started working on the old arcade, having a little bit of trouble. Let me be honest, having a little bit of trouble with the idea back then. <laughs> Uh, but these fellows showed up, found them in the basement. I started talking to them, you know, telepathically. Illithid, mind flayer. I got all that sort of psychic abilities. Uh, and uh, they sort of like reacted uh, to my telepathic uh, connection, communication. At the first, they were kind of acidic and like burning and stuff. And now they're they're really like, he like pokes it. It's like they don't really hurt at all, even if you touch them. Uh, they're very gentle. 
usually. Um, Bar- and, Bark uh, uh, takes the opportunity to lick this this uh, um, ooze. It's <laughs> super gross, but not at all dangerous. Uh, probably not even probably not even venomous to lick. Probably nasty. Bark might throw up later. Ugh. Um, Bark, no, no. I, I got. I just washed you two months ago. Stop. Kind of rolling in, and kind of on the side. I feel like we need to have a discussion about hygiene when we get back to the office. Just uh, you know, just... that'll be the seventh one this week. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, so yeah, this, this, don't worry about these guys. These are just my ooze buddies. Um, honestly, they're a big help to me because they they sort of every night I sort of generate this psychic memory juice, uh, and that's actually what I use. I use the sort of psychic memory juice, and I I mold it into the sort of illusory visions that that. Uh, that make up the games in the arcade here. Without these guys, there'd be no games. Let me tell you right now. So at th- at this point, uh, Aaron walks back up to the group, having wandered away, and is already wearing all of the the different pieces. He's got the headset up on his his head. Uh, he's he's gathered up enough uh, collections of the like the little slime orb versus the the, the fire rods for anyone to pick, uh, and he's just like, well. I don't see how this could go wrong in any possible way. So I'm ready to play. Who's ready to play? Oh, 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 me, me next, me next. Uh, that's when you hear a crash from down the stairs. <gasps> Dang it. Uh, hold on. I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm just going to go deal with the, with my, uh, um, actually, would you guys like to do me a favor? Not it. No. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how to turn this thing on. So uh, I'll look, I'll help you deal with that. He holds up four more gold tokens. Listen, I got four more. Free gold pass tokens for you if you can come do me a favor. My arms, a little spindly, not particularly strong. Tele- t- I am telepathic, not as telekinetic as some of my other illithid uh, uh, relatives. So kind of hard for me to do the whole lifting stuff with my mind thing. So if you guys could lend me a hand. Aaron, Aaron has already grabbed it. a token and he's like, is it the basement? The basement. Are we going <laughs> to the basement? Yeah, come, yeah, come okay, on. Okay, great. Yep. Come down with me to the basement real quick. Just guys, all four of you. It's it's a four for. We're, we're going to get paid so much today. Actually, Clara or Shannon, do you do you strongly resist going down to the basement with uh, Aaron and Ilan and Bark and Brian? Alice goes, but she has her hand on her rapier. That seems extremely reasonable. <laughs> Shannon, are you accompanying them? Uh, I Shannon is not. She's not going into the basement. With she Brian. is not going into the basement. Perfect. <laughs> no. Perfectly reasonable. Um. Alo has to go because somebody has to give, provide cover for Aaron and Ill, and they they won't make it. Aaron's just muttering like, oh, "I gotta play this game." <laughs> um, so, Shay, before we before we venture into the basement, let's 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 hang out with Shannon for just a second. Um, Shannon, uh, the weird ooze thing, uh, Pinky, uh, is is rolling up towards you and going. <laughs> It's like reaching out a weird pseudopod to like try and touch you. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. So Shannon is like, this isn't going to work. And so she decides to make some sort of cure to help Pinky not be so gross. She's going to turn him into like some sort of mammal creature so he won't touch her. Please. Please. Uh, That is extremely interesting. I don't know that Shannon has the power to do that, but what do you... Are you trying to cast a spell, or do you want to use a skill? I think she wants to use her medicine skill, her medicinal powers, to try and just okay. like, stop him before he gets too close. Yeah, so tell you what, roll me your uh, a wisdom medicine check, and I will, based on what you roll, I'll tell you what Shannon is able to do for old Pinky. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, baby. Hey, baby! I got a 19! Excellent. 
Um, so Shannon, what you what you're able to do is you reach into your pouch and you pull out. You're quickly like you're backing away from this slime so it doesn't touch you. You're like sifting through like leaves and berries and like poultices and things. Uh-huh. And finally, you come upon you come upon one. And uh, this is a a a. It is supposed to work on like oozing wounds. It's like it's sort of a a, a coagulant, but also it's it it dries things out. A desiccant. And so you, the, yeah, a desiccant. Thank you, thank you, Scott. Uh, yeah. So you, you're like this will do it. This will help this creature surely. And so you apply this to the uh, to the ooze creature, and it mm-hmm. freaks out and goes running towards uh, the basement, um, making. Um, unhappy sloshing noises. Ooh. However, Ooh. you are right in front of the basement stairs. Ooh. And so what happens is you both go tumbling down the stairs into the basement. Oh, no! That's what a D19 gets <laughs> Well, you did, you did succeed in, in, in finding the perfect medicine to, like, counteract this thing. However, <laughs> its reaction was not ideal. So Shannon is, like, freaking out right now because it's like they were rolling on the stairs intertwined and she, like, ugh, ugh, it's in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happens to Shannon, interestingly enough. Um, as you stand up and step away from the ooze, finding in the basement neck like the ooze has a name. Oh. It does. It's Pinky. As you as you stand up and like step away from Pinky, you now the last thing you remember is everyone else going down the stairs, and now you're also downstairs. So you kind of Oh yeah, you must have just walked downstairs with everybody else. Oh. Because okay. you remember everybody going downstairs. And now you are downstairs, so you must have just come down with everybody else, and you're fine. Okay, so I don't remember so you, it, right? You don't remember anything that just happened. Nice. Okay. Did any of us? Did any of us nope. hear a scream? Because Great. what happened was you guys came down the stairs. Uh, all right, guys. So um, what's happening is that there's some, there's I think honestly I think they might be getting out uh, occasionally. There's like uh, there's like some heavy crates back here that I haven't dug into yet, and I think there might be like a crack in the foundations. Uh, I think there's like some like. Some eggs and like catacombs below here. I th- I'm worried that they're getting out, uh, you know, and I don't want that. They're, they're, first of all, they're important to me from a friend point of, of view. These are my ooze buddies. Uh, they're Oblexes. Um, very valuable, one. Um, they're my friends, two. And also, my business would completely collapse if I didn't have them. So I don't want them to like escape. I want them here where I can take care of them and also use them for profit. Mm. So if you could just help me move these boxes out of the way, we can just see if there's any kind of like opening that we could like maybe seal off so oh. brian i i really want to yeah help shannon you. you did you decide to join us yeah yeah i'm here so really want to help you but um with friends you don't have to like make them help you and you listed that twice as your reasonings so i just you know very loosely well, use term there for friends here's the thing your these these op- these ooze buddies, these oblexes, uh, first of all, they all do have names. There's four of them. Inky, Pinky, uh, Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clydebert. Um, uh, they are my friends, but their intelligence level, these these are these are kind of like at a canine intelligence level. Mm. So they're clever. Yeah, just like your old friend here. Dog. Um, so they're, they're clever. Her name's Bark. Her name is Bark. Great. Nice to meet you, Bark. And he pulls out a gold token. This is for you. You just keep a hold of this right here. I'm just going to put that right in your... Tuck that into your collar. Oh, you ate it. Okay, well, I'm sure that'll come out all right. Um, yeah, so sound like Bark here. They're they're they have a simulacrum of intelligence. They're they're a little bit smart. They're but they're not like 
they're not as smart as like your average like human or your average halfling or your bad example maybe Ooh, little shade there okay brian maybe your average like half unicorn or your average half orc or any of that kind of stuff so they're they're more i call them my ooze buddies but they're kind of my ooze pets that i, I like to take care of well, nothing suspicious here. Aaron is already <laughs> moving boxes. and Actually, Aaron, Aaron is climbing over the boxes because why move a box to look for a hole when you can just scramble over them? So, uh, yeah, he, he climbs over the, the pile and uh, is, is looking, uh, I don't know, for uh, mysterious exits from the room. Ella does not help move boxes. She just keeps her hand on her ratio and uh, looks around. Which is a shame because Ella was the strongest person in this room by a significant margin. Ilan uh, will help move the smallest box that's kind of in the center or a corner of this large pile of boxes that already si- sort of seemed like it was teetering. Like, oh, I, I can lift this one. Uh, 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 oh. And the boxes go clattering to the floor. Um, they do several of them break open, but there doesn't seem to be anything like incredibly relevant inside. Um, it's just a bunch of uh, a bunch of. Um, why, why would you keep t-shirts. so many ham hocks down here? And ham hocks, t-shirts and ham hocks. Uh, now listen, uh, listen, friend. These are not my boxes. Want to make clear? Found these here when I moved in, bought the place, and moved into the place. Not mine. Don't want it. Uh, you guys want tea? From from oh, deep these? inside of the pile of boxes, Aaron's like, Ilan, did you hear that? Free ham hocks. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> and Aaron, while he's deep inside the pile of boxes, does find a pretty large opening. Um, there is like a a, a a break in the floor, and it sort of. It's actually like, it almost looks like there's been a cave-in below because there's like a slope of rubble going down into what is clearly the catacombs. And on the edge of the rubble, caught on the edge of the rubble, is a scrap of white uh, white fabric. Uh, exactly like the cover, the, the mm. white coveralls seen in uh, both of the previous visions. Uh, Aaron, Aaron like slowly reaches and takes the, the white cloth and sadly pushes the goggles up off of his head. And climbs back out of the boxes and holds it up and says, oh, everybody, I um, I found a passageway into a large cave system, and I think we have to go there instead of playing this awesome game. Oh, that's a shame, because D&D is a really fantastic game. And yeah, you're missing like, out, I'm, but... I'm dubious about that. I'm not sure it'll catch on. Listen, Brian, <laughs> you don't have to convince me, man, but you said you had a job for us, and there is a, a huge opening into a huge cave system. Uh, I think we got to check it out. Uh, I mean, hey, sure, man. Chase your bliss, whatever. Um, just know that those tokens are good forever, and as long as my business uh, does not uh, come to an unforeseen and immediate uh, halt, uh, they'll be good anytime you want to use them. Hey, Alice quick, quick! Her coin to uh, Aaron, and she just beelines into the cave. Uh, Aaron, Aaron grabs it and uh, and looks at his now three coins. He's very excited. Uh, and then he says, uh, "Wait a minute, hey, um, you didn't happen to uh, have a customer in a set of white overalls come in here recently, did you?" Oh yeah, you know I have a couple of those. Uh, those. Uh, uh, you know it's a it's a real complex name. I sure if I think for just a second, I'll remember the name of the organization they work for. Grr. No, uh, bark. Why would there's so many hammocks? Don't don't take my hammock. What? You can play this game. Ellen, Ellen, don't tug of war with bark. You always lose. <laughs> but I'll win this time. Oh no, no, you made me talk. Ella calls from inside the cave. Like, come on, you guys, you're missing out. Well, well. Anyway, but let me just tell you. Yeah, the the they're from the Dirt and Debris Disposal Guild. Uh, those white coveralls are sort of the uniform of the guild. 
Uh, yeah, they're in here uh, uh, pretty frequently. A couple of them are players. Oh, what are they? Wait, what are they doing here on Trash Day? Actually, just the one, isn't it? I thought there was. I thought there was a bunch of them, but it's really just the one. And you know, I've come to think of it, I've seen them come in, but I've never actually seen him play the game. Or her. I'm sorry. Pardon me. I've never seen her play the game. Huh. Weird. Brian, I gotta say, you don't you don't keep a super close watch on your customers, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Let me point out right now. There's nobody up there running the show. Yeah, I'm down here with uh, four complete strangers and a dog. Uh, in a basement with a hole in it. So that's a good point, my man. I'm going to go back upstairs and keep an eye on those children. Cool. Seems like seems like no way to run a business. Uh, but I am super pumped to play this game. So we're going to check out this giant hole into the catacombs and see if we can solve your little escaped ooze problem. And then I want to come back and demon it up, my man. Yeah, great. I can't, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited for you to be here. I'm excited for you to come back and play the game. All right, now go watch those. Go watch those unattended children. <laughs> and Aaron disappears into the cave. So deep inside, um, Alice a little bit ahead of everyone, right? So what does she see first? Um, you know what? It doesn't take long before Aloe comes across a corpse <gasps> in the dark. Alice, yes, <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, so she finds she finds the corpse of a dwarf, a uh, dwarf man in white coveralls. Uh, very familiar to her because it is the man from the ver- from Claire's original vision. I was like, oh, no, little homie, you did. Uh, yeah, so. Do I investigate? Yeah. I should investigate, obviously. That seems like what a detective would do. <laughs> would you like to roll a skill check? I would like to roll a skill check. Oh, wait, hold on. I got a six. All right. Well, a great time to show our listeners that here at Lawful and Orderly, we can't afford to fail skill checks to find clues, because otherwise the mystery doesn't go anywhere. So, Al, you are going to find out something about this victim um but uh what are you gonna lose what are you gonna have to give up or what are you, what are you gonna compromise yourself on in order to find this clue now you're down there by yourself a real macho lady a real a real go-getter solo lone wolf style uh what are you gonna lose in order to find this clue uh i feel like i would maybe take my knife out, my rapier out and then um i would like lose it in the dark <laughs> oh it is dark uh- already it is dark. Uh, maybe, maybe that maybe it breaks. Maybe it snaps in half. You are using okay. it to in traditional. You learn from the high guard that you always need to have something long and pointy to poke the corpse with. <laughs> yes, I was like autopsy. <laughs> autopsy, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's that that method named after Sir Al Topsy, who uh, first pioneered it. Ow, yeah, yeah, the very first, the very first in the high guard to poke a uh, poke a corpse with a long and pointy implement. Uh, Officer Topsy was uh, sadly lost on the line of duty uh, when he poked something that wasn't yet a corpse. Uh, but anyway, so we, we find Clara poking this this corpse with her rapier, and uh, in spite of her dark vision, uh, in her enthusiasm, she inadvertently misses the body and snaps the tip of the rapier off against the, the stone walls of the catacomb. So you now have a broken rapier. Oh no. But you uh, are able to identify that this is um, this this corpse uh, was formerly a dwarf named Derek Drek, and you can identify that he from his outfit he was in fact a member of the Dirt and Debris Disposal Guild, and he was killed by uh, magical impact. Oh, that's not good. Oh, poor Derek. And that's when uh, Ilan and Bark and Aaron and Shannon all show up. Uh, also next to you and this corpse and your rogue rapier. Okay, uh, so guys, uh, I got a body. Uh, don't worry, I, I already poked it. Uh, oh, well, I haven't good. poked it yet, so if anybody wants to take their instrument and poke the body and find out some more stuff. 
So Shannon's like, okay. So then she bends over and starts poking it with her horn, her unicorn horn. And she's like, it's dead. And then gets up. It is, in fact, definitely dead. Definitely a dead dwarf. I'm really glad that we've been out of the hard cards for a while, but we still got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can I get a perception check from either Ilan or Aaron? Or Shannon? Somebody who hasn't rolled a skill check uh, This in this hallway. Shua. Uh, ooh. Uh, not so great. Um, that, wait, what's my wisdom? Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's a, uh, a four. Okay, great. Uh, actually, why don't, uh, Scott, why don't you and Jeffrey also both give me perception checks? I will say Clara was too busy, or Clara will say Aloe was too busy talking to, to, to be receptive. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I, I just went out and poked it like I normally do. Yeah, that, I mean, that's right the off. procedure, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Poking. Poke something, something, sometimes it pokes you back. That's how autopsy you now. So I rolled yeah. a five and then I have a plus five. Well, that 10, that's pretty good. Uh, let's see if it's good enough. Scott, what did you get? Oh, oh look, everybody, I found something. I found something. This, this, the lichen on this rock? You you can eat that. I I know from my time as a park ranger. We, we got to do the sewers, too. It's, it's, it's good and good for you. It's nature's candy. Uh, just like, and just like crows, uh, <laughs> Illin is eating the lichen, which is nature's candy. Uh, that is the crows are like nature's candy, not that crows eat lichen, which is also nature's candy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for explaining, DM. Uh, yes. I, I got a four plus two is six is definitely a failure. Definitely not good enough. Uh, but Jeffrey, with a 10, you notice just in the nick of, well, actually just after the nick of time, <laughs> you are uh, surrounded by four, uh, well, three folks in white coveralls. Oh, yikes. Uh, now, what do you all think you're doing here? We got, uh, you, you might have a little bit of explaining to do, folks. Um, there's a, you have the explaining to do. Uh, there's a dead body right there. Yeah, uh, I think you should do the explaining, dude. She has a point. Oh uh, well, how about how about I go ahead and introduce myself, and then y'all introduce yourselves. <laughs> I'm uh, Becky Skume. I am the uh, director of the Dirt and Debris Disposal Guild. Uh, this is my. Uh, uh, well, let me introduce all three of my associates. You have before you. Uh, my ex-friend, Derek Dreck, who you appear to have killed. Uh, this is my uh, uh, vice director, Raina Dross. And uh, this is my other associate and colleague, Rouge. Rouge, why don't you... Nope. All right. Silent as always, Rouge. Uh, Aaron Aaron reaches into uh, his, his kit and brings out his notepad and flips it to a page that shows the, the logo of the Lanarkanum public detectives that he has clearly drawn in uh, pen. And says, um, I'm, I'm Aaron Wilson. These are my colleagues. We're with the Lanarkan and Public Detectives. Uh, we were hired by the owner of this establishment. And he, uh, he waves the three coins uh, in his hand and then puts them back in his gear uh, to, uh, to investigate a, uh, a hole through which some creatures very relevant to his business were escaping. We just came upon your poor friend here. You said his name was Derek. Uh, your ex-friend. You just <laughs> stated motive. Well, no, pardon me. Ex-friend on account. No, there's no ooze necessarily, ma'am. I assure you. I don't know. That was a pretty poor choice of words. Well, it was a poor choice of yours to kill him. nonchalant of his death. Okay, my current, my my friend who I thought was still my friend up until the point of his death (laughs) on account of you all have killed him. So my friend, Derek Dreck, who is now my, my friend corpse, 
Derek Dreck, my colleague and close associate. If we notice one common thing um, among uh, murderers, it's that they often spend a lot of time trying to explain what they're doing here mm-hmm. or how they feel about a situation, which you're obviously doing. Uh, the um, So this, this uh, Becky is a dwarf uh, and uh, Rouge is a, a half elf and uh, Reyna is a half orc. Uh, and Reyna, Reyna speaks up. Uh, now, listen, I don't want to, you know, actually, I do want to, I just want to ask, are they, are you guys wearing, uh, are you holding fire steel? Is that fire steel that you've got there on those, those emblems, those like emblazoned with some sort of rune? Maybe. Why? Do you want to trade? Cause it's, it's pretty neat. Uh, no, I don't want to. I just, I just to be clear. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, local fauna down here and that fire steel is really gonna, really gonna futz with them. So if you could just maybe sort of keep it on the DL, uh, we work with a lot of oozes down here, and they tend to really dislike uh, fire. And if I recognize fire steel, uh, trust me, they're also going to dislike that. So if you can put those in your pockets, maybe, or uh, wrap them in sort of a hanky or something. That I I sure would appreciate it. A uh, good call, Raina. Yeah, if y'all could take off them fire steel emblems and just pocket those or cover them up. You know, we have. I have. I honest. I have never seen an ooze who was uh, intrigued by fire steel. They all hate it to a one, and uh, occasionally it does hurt them to touch. I mean, uh, are are you the the fashion police now? Is is that is this, does, is this guild do two roles, Shannon? I mean, you're the Church of Fashionology. Is 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 this a thing? Can they tell us what to how to dress? I mean, I don't know. I feel like white coveralls in fall. It's iffy. I don't know. I don't know, ma'am. Ma'am, I, I do appreciate your fashion sense, and if this were another time, I would I would certainly come to you and ask for fashion advice because you are extremely snappily dressed, and I admire your your choices. But unfortunately, these are these are my business attire. I cannot change this uniform as much as I would desire to on some days, especially as you uh, say in the fall. Right. Uh, Alakasarov. Uh, so can you tell <laughs> oh. us what uh what uh what what Derek was doing? Extremely morning? rude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> We we all work down here. The whole uh, the whole dirt and debris disposal guild works down here. We are especially busy in the days leading up to and following today, Trash Day. Uh, one of the as you all know, one of the most important holidays in Lan Arcanum, the entire city, uh, is out celebrating, and we are corralling the oozes in order to sort of collect all that garbage and that trash and uh, the oozes as. You may or may next. You may or not may not know this. Most ooze, the oozes that we work with down here, they uh they do consume. Uh, that debris, that garbage, and 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 dissolve it, and that's how we dispose of the the trash down here. We we take it to the the master ooze and uh, dispose of it there, and that it takes care of all of the sort of all of your metal and organic debris. Oh, that's good. Very environmentally friendly. Now, thank you. Uh, so now you all just leave. Uh, <laughs> actually, no wait. Hang on a second. You did kill my friend, so you're going to have to hang out with us until we get a hold of some sort of authority figure. Uh- Wow, you are uh, at at turns completely calm and unworried about, and uh, occasionally really uh, adamant that we killed your friend here, which we yeah. did not. Yeah, I can assure you, sir. Let uh, me, t- sir. Let me tell you, you do not get to be the director of the Dirt and Debris, Debris Disposal Guild by cracking under pressure, especially not on today of all days, Trash Day, one of the most important holidays in Land Arcanum. You will not find me in a tizzy or panicking under any circumstances, even under the death of my dear and good friend and colleague and co-worker, Derek Dreck, whose not only personality and fun-loving attitude will be missed, but also his strong hands and capable uh, interactions with oozes. So I, I will say, um, technically, we, we, we were witnesses to the murder. Um, d- do you know what a reference might be to us being too late? 
and and the city being doomed. Do you know you know what that might have been about? Because uh, uh, your 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 friend the dwarf screamed that right before uh, he was shot in the back by people who definitely were not us. All right, so now you're blaming a third uh, unidentified party and claiming you were witnesses to it. Yet yeah, this is the first time you're bringing it up. That's well, extremely well, suspicious. To, to uh, be fair, I, I didn't say it was a party. I mean, it, it, it could have been a soiree. I don't know. Well, uh, whatever the case, it's extremely suspicious. Uh, but let me let me honest your your seemingly frank and uh, straightforward question with uh, an answer and to say no, I have no idea what Derek may or may not have been talking about that nonsense about it being too late uh, is, is is hogwash. Is a... We are perfectly on time. And is Derek I, wearing um, the the VR gear from upstairs? He is not. Uh, he does he have the uh, red wand that we saw him with in the vision? Also, does not have the red wand. It wasn't him you saw with the red wand. It was his his killer was holding the red wand. Ah, right. Do we see the red wand on any of the other people there? Um, not not like out in plain sight. You sure don't. If only there was some way you could could maybe look closer or or, or interrogate them or. So do some sort of work detecting things. Uh, <laughs> there was some member of our party who who was was an expert in fashion and has already been complimented about this. And uh, it's it's been idly mentioned that that could work as a consult for the fashion, what they happen to be wearing, and thus very subtly pat them all down to see what they have. If only any of you were people who sort out mysteries for a living, maybe you could. <laughs> Would, would have an inkling of what to do. So, uh, DM, I don't know. I'm going to shoot in the dark here. What if I used my skill of insight, fashion insight, to look at how their coveralls are sewn together to tell if any of them would fit a red wand? All right, here's what I will give you because that is golden. <laughs> what I will tell you is that I will let you use your insight skill with a mind to fashion to see if any of those white coveralls would could possibly contain a secret hiding spot. Because insight generally is used to determine the motive of somebody, whether they're lying or not. Mm. And I'll let you use that with fashion to determine whether the clothes could be lying. So you would know if somebody... Let me tell you, you'll know if somebody's wearing Spanx. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll know. You will know... Uh, uh, it, you'll know if they are wearing some sort of spanks, and you'll know if they are they have concealing secret pockets or some sort of hairpiece. Uh, you know if their hair is real. Like, yeah, you'll you know if they've got like yeah a toupee or like a weave or like extensions. beard extensions. Yeah, any of those, those dwarves. Things. Yeah, uh, Becky, Becky, Becky Skume does have a significant beard. It's 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 Becky with the the great hair. No. Oh, swing and a miss by Brown. Ah, so close <laughs> and yet so Shannon. Shannon like walks over to Becky and she kind of like looks at her outfit and she's like, "Oh, so that must have been from the yesteryear line of coveralls." And then she like looks in and she looks, "Oh no!" So she <laughs> sounds great. She gets a two plus five. Oh. All right, so uh, so Shannon using her insight into fashion. Boy, Shannon, honestly, these coveralls are so. Like, you don't want to say ugly because that's a little mean, but they're ugly and they're very baggy and they're not complimenting to figures at all. And you just can't tell whether they might have secret pockets in them. They can, they certainly could because they're so baggy or they could just be unattractive <laughs> and like not well fitting. Oh, oh. Uh, well, that seems like an insult you've done to me uh, about my fashion. Uh, and again, this is not a outfit that I chose. It is the workwear that I am that I wear to work here in the sewers. 
Uh, and that I will point out to you is spotlessly clean in spite of my working in the sewers with trash and other detritus. That is very suspicious. Yeah. It, it's a, not suspicious. It's a sign of a, of a job well done. We are professionals down here. So Aaron Aaron has taken out his uh, notepad and is writing writing down everything she says or appears to be and uh, moving his lips as he does uh, so that he can uh, cast detect magic without being seen doing oh, so. That is impressive. Um, Give me a dis... You tell you what, you can give me a perform, but with disadvantage. Ugh, that's awful. That's a tough one. Uh, well. Wow, really wish you hadn't given me disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all? Still, it's performance, so that's a 13 total. It was an 8 plus 5. All right, actually, and that is... Yeah, that's going to be good enough. Um, So you, you successfully cast Detect Magic for a hot second... You see something magical on Raina Dross's person, and then you are blinded. Uh, there is a an unbelievably strong magic aura somewhere nearby. Not not, not like on somebody's person, but like somewhere in these catacombs is a magical aura so powerful that you were that it like blew out your detect magic. So that spell has ended forcibly. But you did detect that Raina Dross uh, did have something magical on her person before you were sort of blinded summarily by that spell. Uh, and Scott, it seemed like you and Bark, uh, that Illin and Bark maybe had something up their sleeves as well. Well, uh, Illin has absolutely nothing up their sleeves uh, as a general rule. They have short sleeves. That's true. But uh, uh, Bark, uh, the dog, has been sniffing and nosing around and and maybe has picked up the sort of scent trail of, of ozone left by some sort of... A, uh, cowardly from behind spell attack, mm. and uh, we're we're gonna maybe roll uh, like a survival on bark the dog with advantage because it has to do with scent. So to try and find a trail, yeah, go ahead, go for uh, go for it. Go survival. I think you get that advantage with the scent. All right, that's a seventeen plus two is nineteen. Ooh. Okay, um, what bark finds? There's a lot of scents down here. Bark smells that scent of like that sort of magical ozone uh, on on Derek Dross's body and also deeper into the catacombs. You do smell it on Rainy Dross also faintly, but it also definitely leads deeper into the catacombs. Uh, and just as Bark comes a sniffling, a rouge uh, sort of sort of jumps a little bit and like pulls something out of uh, of their pocket. Uh, oh, hold on, guys. Uh, 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 we're gonna have to. Yep, three, two. One and all three of the members of the Dirt and Debris Disposal Guild turn inward down the catacombs and um, sort of shout out a weird phrase. I'm um, not like in perfect unison, but they're all saying the same thing. Um, does anybody here speak abyssal? I feel like I took it as an elective. I also thought you took maybe in, in high school, Clara. Yeah. <laughs> Is that on your character sheet? Oh, uh, no. Okay. Wait, what's the, it's abyssal? That's yeah, that's, what the language is? that's the language. Nope. All right. Um, Claire, I'll tell you what, uh, we, we can say that, we can say that, uh, Aloe took a little bit of abyssal in, uh, in early, early education. So why don't you give me an intelligence roll? So just a D20 plus your intelligence modifier, no other bonuses. Okay. Uh, eight plus two is 10. Okay. That's not quite gonna pull it off, unfortunately. So you you don't speak abyssal, um, you don't know what they said, but again, it's a clue. Uh, so you don't you're not gonna fail entirely. Uh, I'll tell you what you what you know is that it is a prayer. Uh, okay. You don't know much about it, but you know that they just shouted a sort of a prayer, and uh, that's what they and they all uh, sort of turn and make a weird like gesture, 
uh, on their chests. As they turn away, uh, Aaron, kind of rubbing his eyes, uh, looks over at at Shannon and um, makes makes a pointing gesture over at Reyna uh, and and gives her a gesture of like pat her down. Uh, and then takes a seat because his eyes Hey, hurt. folks, I'm real sorry. Uh, that was, we do have a lot going on today. We are going to have to do this as a walk and talk because we've got a lot of trash to dispose of. We've got to get it down here to the uh, to the master ooze and get it sort of into the system, as it were. So, you know, we can. Well, we don't have the authority to arrest you. You also don't have the authority to arrest us. Also, we did not murder my dear friend and colleague. Uh, you did, almost certainly. Uh, but So we'll all just keep each other company. As we walk down and we will do our work and then at the end of the shift we can all go up together and contact some sort of police authority and bring this whole thing uh, to the attention of the proper uh, guards. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we do have to continue working. So if you'll just walk with us. So that sounds like a great idea, but I'm a hugger. So then Shannon runs over to Rainer and throws her arm around her and she's like, give me a hug. And she's like feeling her up and down. Uh, this is 100% unwanted contact. I do not want this. I do not like it. And I would love to have it stop. Uh, why don't you give me a sleight of hand check? Okay, I can do that. Uh, let's see. Oh, watch out, 13. Okay, that's enough. You you get a hold of uh, some sort of stick-like object, and you're actually able to pull it out of her pocket. It is a ruby red wand. <gasps> Aha! <sighs> uh, that's definitely mine. Can you it please was, give it back? It was you. You you murdered this 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 your friend. I love cases that wrap up early. Yeah, uh, you're giving half orcs a bad name, and Al uh, brings out Aloysius. Uh-oh. Like, uh oh. Are you gonna go <laughs> easy? Okay, you did just draw a, a very large and heavy hammer. Yeah. And now you're making accusations that I am some sort of murderer, uh, which is wild. Uh, that I would murder someone in my own uh, faith, my own religion. Uh, Derek is uh, was a faithful a uh, member of the cult of Jewy Blex, uh, just as all four of us are 100% faithful members of the cult of Jewy Blex. Can someone please give me an insight check? Wait, wait. Yeah, isn't that the fictional game? Yeah. Uh, oh, 16 plus Ooh. four. I almost trained in insight. She is 100% lying. <laughs> she is not a faithful member of the cult of Jewy Blex. Yeah, no way. Those are the well, slime people. Even This was literally just explained to us. Yeah. Well, f- first of all, I thought that was a video game or some sort of, some sort of illusion magic game. And secondly... I don't. I feel like, are are, are you yeah. just like like a like a one or two holiday a year jubiplexer? I, I feel like you've you've you're, you're kind of sweating there. I, I I can see your eyeliner. Uh, I don't running. know what you're is, is uh, that... talking about. And that does get Becky's attention. Uh, well, that's a weird accusation to make. Uh, uh, my halfling friend there. Um, that is that does appear to be a sort of a uh sort of a relic of Asmodeus, a sort of a. Sort of a holy reliquary, a sort of a symbol of Asmodeus, rather than a symbol of Jewy Blex, as we all have it. And she and Rouge both pull out sterling silver um, goopy orbs. Mm. So the ones upstairs in the arcade were like wood with like a thin veneer of coating. Uh, the ruby red rod that Shannon has is like red glass or red crystal and these gloopy orbs are like i said sterling silver so, so uh is 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 the game real or are we in the game or or is this just like the the basement does is the concept of the game like seeping down what is happening yeah what is what is going on honey i'm afraid i'm i'm plumb confused about what you're talking about what game are you all on about 
What you you don't know uh, Brian Dryan upstairs? He runs uh, runs this game. It's uh, Chewy Black's followers versus Asmodeus followers in a fight to the. I don't know how it works. I didn't get to play I'll it. I'll tell you, fellow, that sounds a lot like the Blood War, uh, which is a real and terrible threat to all of the cosmos. Uh, demons versus devils, sort of a multiversal scale conflict. If it ever tipped in one balance, uh, tipped in the favor of demons or in the favor of devils, uh, all life throughout the cosmos would be sort of. Uh, eliminated so it sounds kind of like that but you're saying it's a game uh and so i assure you that joey blex is a real uh fella uh well they 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 are a, the faceless lord uh the the hungry one uh that is our sort of religious figure of choice like the uh master ooze nope the master ooze is just a big old ooze does not have a divine divinity nope. as we think although you know about the master ooze it's sort of like a Sort of like an altar to Jewy Blacksmith. Okay, yeah. That's a weird thought. I can't believe I've... You know, that's strange. I've never had that thought before. You'd think that would have come to me sooner. Are you being real with me? You've never put that together as a metaphor. That's weird. Mm, it's okay. You know, I, we, we all worship Jewy Blacks. How come we've never had the thought? Well, one of you doesn't, and uh, Aaron uh, Aaron goes to, to kind of stand behind Reyna and, and box her in in case she uh, tries to take off. Uh, we we have strong evidence that is absolutely admissible in court that your friend Derek here was killed by this rod, which we found on the person of your friend here. So I think you've got some internal answering to do. All right. All right. Listen, am I a 100% true blue cult, the Jewy Black cultist? No. That's, 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 you got me there. I do lip service at best. Um, in fact, maybe no lip service on account of he is a filthy demon lord, uh, not worthy of anyone's attention or adoration. And only Asmodeus, lord of the nine hells and the master strategist and the original manipulator of all manipulators is, uh, worth, uh, uh, worth devoting your life to. And, uh, and, uh. At this, Aaron, Aaron is looking around at everybody else in the party and is like, is this, is this bad? And I think you'll find that I have just, for the very first time, inscribed some runes uh, to Asmodeus that will surely get his attention because I am a very faithful follower. And it is just, now I will say it is just me. My cult of Asmodeus is one person. Uh, So, you know, it is the first time, you know, I don't, I've never, I don't think I've I've never inscribed runes before. This is the first time I ever remember doing it. So, Ellen, in in the middle of this diatribe, we'll take Shannon aside and be like, Shannon, you're, you're my spiritual guide uh, in in most things, and uh, is is this legit, or have they just been drinking too much ooze juice, or or could this possibly be real? Yeah, this lady's like obviously totally crazy, so it's just don't you're you're buying into this too much. Just detach yourself emotionally because she's going to jail. Yeah, the church of the church of fashionology, traditionally speaking, very um, very focused on sort of the the deities of fashionology. Uh, not really outwardly focused at other sort of divine or semi-divine figures. So um, you could maybe not take Shannon at her word, or you could. Ilan doesn't know any better. Hey, I resemble that remark. You sure do, Ilan. And that is (laughs) when the rumbling begins. You can hear it before you can see it. And uh, actually what you do, what you see for, well, you hear it before you see it. And then you see it in the form of a whole bunch of oozes and slimes sort of, cascading towards you down the uh actually yes cascading towards you from the opposite end of the place so away they are coming 
from where you were towards the Master Ooze, towards where uh, sort of Becky and Reyna and Arush have been sort of gesturing to when they talk about the Master Ooze. And uh, so can I get a dexterity saving throw from everybody? Yeah, heck yeah. Except I rolled really bad. That's a six for Aaron. Wow, that is real bad. Uh, Ellen got 10 plus, uh, ooh, plus five. I got a 12 plus four. I got a 17 plus zero. <laughs> Bart got a 19 on the die. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So everybody but Mart, everybody but Aaron takes a single point of damage as you mostly dodge out of the way of these oozes. But there are quite a few of them and you do get sort of, they are all very acidy. Unlike Pinky from earlier, all of these oozes are extremely acidic and burny. Um, And Marty Aaron does take five points of damage as an ooze, as an ooze slams right sort of, it like, he is standing still and he dodges out of the way. He's very acrobatic of one large ooze and then a per- almost perfectly invisible ooze, translucent, sloshes right through, like over him, <sighs> into him, onto him, and then past him, and then and then leave. It, he is it leaves him behind. But... Oh, Aaron burned. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> uh, the other uh, Ru- uh, Rouge and Reina. Uh, Rouge and Reina Dross and Becky Skume all dodge expertly out of the way of these oozes. They are used to, you know, sort of dodging oozes and they know how to deal with this. So, I don't know, Trash Day had a traditional parade? What's what's going on? Uh, that's an interesting question. I have no idea what's going on, but it is not good. Uh, if something is up with the Master Ooze, that could be disastrous for all of Lanarkanum, especially on today of all days, Trash Day. Is, is, is that where you drew your, your rune? Or rune? Yeah, that's right. I drew Roomba? my rune. I drew my rune in the room with the Master Ooze. Uh, now, again, as I say, first time I've drawn this rune, but I'm sure we'll get Asmodeus's attention, as I am a very loyal follower. Do, do you have an eraser, by chance, on you? No. Uh, no, no matter. I'm sure we can paint over it. Let, let's let's go to the Master Ooze. So uh, you guys, yeah, you guys book it down this down through the catacombs and sewers and into this big chamber. Um, inside this chamber is a humongous, like. 50 foot diameter ooze sort of embedded in the floor. So you kind of see like the top like curve of this ooze. Uh, and there are tons of like this in this room. It's a huge cylinder, like 200 feet high. And there are just pipes and like tunnels and things sort of emptying out and splashing into this ooze. Um, and like every splash of like debris and trash into this ooze, like it absorbs and dissolves this stuff. But there's also a faint glow every time something impacts and it starts dissolving and this room has dozens and dozens and dozens of runes inscribed on the walls. Oh, that's funny. I only remember inscribing the one. That's weird. You'd think I'd remember doing a whole bunch of these. Uh, and you see um, all of the runes are glowing like dark red ominously. And the ooze is glowing like dark purple ominously. And uh, and. Becky, like her eyes just go completely, like she just, her eyes go out of her head with like panic. She's like, oh my God, this gonna, oh God, this, oh no, this ooze is gonna turn into a portal. Y'all, this is bad. Um, This ooze, yeah, uh, the master ooze is gonna turn into a portal, uh, leading directly to our Lord and Savior, Jewy Blex. How do we Um, not, how do we make that not happen? That's a great idea. I do not know. Uh. If we had had some time to fix this a couple of weeks ago, maybe when things started getting bad, 
because uh, that looks like it looks like maybe this is a couple weeks old, but I surely would have remembered if I had seen this that it's extremely bad because it looks extremely bad. Becky, I hate to be the person to do this, but you were really talking about how cool under pressure you were before, and you put out a, you put out a lot of good words about yourself. And I gotta say, you didn't see this coming. You don't take care of this master ooze the whole time. Aaron is is like climbing up the wall to try to get at these runes, and like pulls out his dagger and tries to like just scratch them off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice should take her, her hammer and, um, I guess, smash it. Okay, yeah. so Aloe and Aaron are sort of, like, smashing at these roots. There are dozens, and they do, they are kind of, some of them are out of reach, as Marty has, has noted that Aaron is having to climb to reach some of them. Um, but, like, they're also kind of resistant to your attacks. Like, you're scratching, and you're getting, like, flakes of stone with your dagger, and, uh, and Clara Aloe is getting, like, chunks of things, but the stone that's breaking off is, like, around the rune. So, like, what you've got is, like, a stone in the shape of the rune now, and also the rune, like, car, like, painted on top of that. Uh, and Becky responds to Aaron's just harsh, harsh criticism by saying, Now, listen, uh, sir, uh, if I assure you, if I had known any of this was happening, I sure would have done something about it. But the last thing it's I remember about the master's was... your one job, Becky. That... Your one job. Yep, very nice. I assure you, sir, if I had, if I, if I, I the last thing I remember from this is, is it being perfectly content and not glowing every time trash hit it and not almost turning into a portal to Dewey Blex, our Lord and Savior, who unfortunately um, will consume all of us, Aaron, uh, like, all at once. Aaron it's not great. Aaron puts dagger away and, and steps down. Uh, and and is like it's Brian, Brian. Brian? This. Who's Brian? Well, wait, Brian the the illithid upstairs. Yeah, the mind flare upstairs that manipulates people's perceptions of reality and their their memories. with his illusion stuff. Yeah, but why would Brian care about Jewyblex or Asmodeus? Because like I carved all these ruins of Asm. Well, actually, I do remember carving one rune of Asmodeus up. But why would he care about Dewey Blex or Asmodeus? And he, if if we take him at his word, which I don't know why we would, he he wants he wants a fight, um, but but he probably is on one side or the other and wants to see the showdown happen. Um, everybody, give me a perception check. Well, um, while everyone's perceiving, Ellen, yes. uh, in a moment of frustration, uh, facing their certain doom with the entire room glowing, um, uh, pulls out that that uh, gem that we were given by Zuman and Hans. Says, yeah. You'd think the greatest seer in the known universe could have warned us. Thanks a lot. And hucks it into the ooze, throwing it away. Uh, a very a very interesting thing you've done there, uh, Ellen. Uh, the fire steel uh, emblem emblazoned with a celestial rune by Zuman and Hans uh, hits the ooze. And that part of the ooze like drops completely to black. And the ooze is like trying to recoil from it, but it is absorbing, like the ooze has already started absorbing the steel and it's sort of recoiling from itself and it's not glowing in that part of the ooze anymore. Um, everybody give me, he's, he's, he's weak to jewelry, quick. <laughs> uh, so before anybody, before, before we see what everybody re reacts to Ilan's proclamation, what is everybody's perception checks? Um, I got a 17 plus five. That's very good. Yeah, I got a 14 plus three. Also great. Man, everybody's perception is super good. I got a 15 plus 1, 16. Also, wow, really good, though. Yeah, that was the luck part. I wait, Scott, because it seems like maybe Illa didn't do great. No, I, I didn't uh, roll. I assumed that I was throwing rather than perceiving. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so um, Aaron and... Um, man, Jeffrey Shannon did extremely well. Okay. Aaron and Aloe see an ooze approaching Becky Skume. But... 
Jeffrey, Shannon has already seen this ooze. And she saw it as it approached and was reaching out to, to touch her. So Shannon has a chance to act. There is an ooze reaching out to touch Becky Skume. Um, and Shannon, in fact, your perception is so good, you recognize this ooze. It is, it is Pinky. <laughs> it's Pinky the ooze of the, one of Brian, Brian Dryan's of pet ooze buddies. You pretty much um, became one with him. Although no one knows or remembers that fact. Uh, because okay. you had your me- so you lost your memory of that incident. Mm, okay. Uh, so he's like about to lunge. He's lunging at Becky. He's not right? lunging as much as he's sort of reaching out tentatively to touch her. Very slowly. Okay. And so so Shannon's like, stop! Pinky, wait! Very dramatically. Uh, the pseudopod is reaching Quiet. out with stops and turns to look at you. And like sort of like, it's, like it's a pseudopod, so it doesn't really have an expression, but it's a sort of <laughs> twist sideways a little bit as though it was like questioningly like, huh? Glurgle, glurg? Smart? Pinky, Sporsh? I know that, I know you're twisting your head in compassion. You don't, you don't <laughs> have to do this, right? Like you don't have to go touching people all gross and stuff and like hurting people. Like, I feel like we have a connection. I don't know what it is, but like, I know you feel it too. Not in a weird way, though. It sporches up to you a little bit and, like, waggles its butt. Like, it, the back part of the ooze sort of waggles a little bit, and it touches your hand. You tell you what, give me a, you can give me a dexterity saving throw if you don't want to let it touch your hand. Okay. Oh, I got a 12, and I have zero dexterity bonuses. So Unfortunately, I guess that's not going to beat the ooze. Um, okay. Okay. So it does reach out to touch you. Um, it doesn't hurt you at all. It's a very gentle touch. Um, and now you don't remember. Um, you remember talking to everybody, and you remember the ooze is sort of stampeding past. And now you find yourself in a room, and like a bunch of stuff is glowing, and everybody's panicking, and Aaron is climbing on the ceiling, scratching at things with his dagger, and Aloe is wailing on the wall with a hammer, and Ilan is shouting about something wild about jewelry. And you see, like, this giant ooze being freaky and, like, all these runes being weird and freaky. Well, it's Wednesday. And Shannon just, like, walks over and sits down somewhere. And she's <laughs> like, I'll let them sort this out for now. That's our response. And uh, Pinky now has sort of changed colors a little bit. Like, before, where Pinky was sort of black, Pinky's now sort of, like, partly partly colored in with a sort of uh, purplish color. And Pinky is sort of, like, sloshing its, uh, sloshing its way away from the master who's sort of back towards the arcade chums I'm, I'm i'm out of charms on my friendship bracelet D- does anybody have the charms i gave them for their friendship bracelets i feel like this was real important <laughs> um yeah so shannon and aaron and aloe all have fire steel emblems mm-hmm. but i don't know if any of them are wearing their friendship bracelet so i'm not sure how they're going to respond to this how, how can you uh, not be wearing i made those myself Ella, yeah Ella goes to aaron I'm like i threw that away as soon as she gave it to me <laughs> <laughs> um at this point rouge you hear rouge start screaming oh ah, ah, and like pointing at the ooze and like pointing at the runes and like pointing at the ooze and pointing at the runes and you see another sort of um oblex like uh like pinky sloshing away this one's uh, also partly sort of discolored and sort of a bluish red color and it's also slurping its way back towards the arcade Mm. oh my god it's the first time i'm seeing this horrible event oh god it looks really bad becky all this stuff looks really bad uh i don't like the the ooze the master ooze is glowing like some sort of portal to another sort of a hell dimension or something 
And they got these runes. These are infernal. These aren't like abyssal, like Dewey Blacks. They're sort of like, they're almost like Asmodeus runes. It's really, really bad, Becky. I know, I know. Uh, we're all, uh, now, I don't, you do seem to be a little behind the times, Rouge, but I, I'm, it's all right. I, I think enough for all of us. Um, um, well, you did throw, you just threw your fire steel emblem. That fire yeah. steel sort of bit, the, right? The we, things that I asked you to all the thing. We've been forgetting things. D- did you guys forget you had fire steel stuff? You have jewelry. Throw your jewelry. I, you know, that actually might do the trick. Aaron pulls uh, the the uh, the fire steel emblem out of uh, his person and throws it at one of the escaping purple oozes. Interesting. All right. All right. All right. Um, give me a give me an attack roll. All right. Um, uh, so like proficiency plus dexterity modifier, we'll say. Okay. Um, we'll we'll do that. Uh, oh god. Uh, <laughs> I'm rolling super bad tonight. That's an eight total. Eight. Okay, so your fire emblem just goes wide and, and clatters along the floor. But the uh, Oblex, uh, it wasn't Pinky, it was the other one, like does shy away from it a little bit. But like not like freak out, it sort of like wobbles on the other side of it a little bit. Um, and uh, that's when, uh, give me a dexterity saving throw now. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, that's a... Wait, uh, yep, that's uh, 16 total. Okay, so you jump out of the way just in time as another one of the, uh, either Inky or Blinky or Clydebert, um, presumably, uh, tries to touch you, and you sort of leap out of the way just in time. Again, it's a very as, slow thing. It's just like sort of gently reaching out to you to try and touch you. As, as the emblem goes wide, Ilan yells, Bark, fetch! And Bark goes diving toward the emblem. Yeah, so Bark has got that emblem clutched in her jaws. Uh, and then Bark first uh, shakes it to break its spine, and then uh, yep. runs toward the, the the gigantic canonical uh, like horrible ooze that's about to become a portal. Master ooze. Yep, the master ooze. And then uh, gets up next to it and probably just drops the yeah. emblem down because yeah, does that thing that dogs do where they like kind of like push things out of their mouth with their tongue. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, you caught me. I should have not had this in my mouth. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a slightly different spot than we're illing through it, and uh, the spot of the ooze that it hits also turns very dark and like is trying to recoil away from itself. Uh, the other parts of this ooze are glowing and actually growing bigger as more trash, more and more trash sort of comes tumbling down from the ceiling. Um, and um, aloe, give me a reflex, uh, give me a dexterity saving throw. So that should be your dexterity modifier, and as a rogue, you're probably proficient in it. So you also want to add your proficiency bonus, I believe. Okay, so I got a six. You got a four. Uh, your proficiency bonus is already included. Oh, great. I mean, okay. I mean, you got a plus four. I'm sorry. Okay, so I got a ten. Okay, um, so Allo, you now remember having a conversation in the hallway, and you now remember sort of the stampede of oozes, and you find yourself in a weird room. Uh, you don't remember any of the explanations about the portal. You don't remember any of the stuff about the oozes taking memory. You don't remember any of the stuff about the runes of Asmodeus. You just find yourself holding your hammer. Like, looking at a wall that's, like, crumbling around you. Like, I assume Al probably goes back to whacking the wall because she assumes that whatever she was doing probably was... <laughs> involves destroying Yeah, which stuff. she yeah. gets a kick out of. So, again, okay. it doesn't... It's not actually accomplishing anything because, like, the ruins are, seem to be immune to, like, being damaged. But Al sure is enjoying it. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, you see a fourth Oblex, uh, Aaron and Ilan and presumably Shannon, uh, touch Aloe and sort of turn uh, sort of a deep, dark blue... Uh, mostly, and sort of slosh off towards Brian. Um, Aaron, it's, it's like oh. they're eating us, one color at a time. 
Aaron Aaron starts uh, trying to climb towards the garbage chutes in the ceiling uh, and and yells out, um, "We gotta we gotta throw these emblems in. We gotta stop this ooze from growing." Uh, Shannon Aloe, it, it took your memories. Just throw throw the stupid thing that Zoom and Enhance gave us at the big the big blue thing. You do remember Zoom and Enhance giving you weird stuff that you're pretty sure was not really worth money but like you accepted it anyway on account of you wanted to get out of space so yeah shannon and al you both have these things you both know what aaron's talking about what do you do so shannon's still on the box in the corner right she's like oh okay so she like gets over and she walks over and she's like the metal part like i take the metal part out of my my jacket like that yep yeah you guys don't sound very enthusiastic. I'm wondering if I should just sit back down. Aaron is like hanging upside down on the ceiling, like climbing this impossible thing. Like, yep, yep, sorry, just focusing. Yeah, honey, I don't know what he's got in mind, but I think it's probably good of you to, to sort of do that, sort of fling that old sucker right into the old Master Ooze, and which it does hurt me to say, because I do enjoy the Master Ooze, but I do not want to open a portal to, portal to Jewy Blex's home because he would then come through it and uh, consume all of us. A lot of mixed signals from you, Becky, but okay. No, all the right, all the same signal, ma'am. Just throw that, throw that fire steel emblem right into the Master Ooze. Okay, okay. So Shannon pulls it out and she like casually tosses it towards it. Flings it. All right. The same thing happens. It lands. This ooze sort of darkens where it is and it recoils from itself. Uh, there's not much of it oh. like touching trash now, but like the part of it is is glowing brighter and brighter than ever. And the runes around this room are also glowing like a deeper red. That's sort of like like sort of like when you get a black light. Like you can tell there's light, but it kind of hurts your eyes. This is sort of that light, but also you feel a growing existential dread. Oh no. <laughs> Does anyone else feel that existential dread? Yes. Mm, that's what that is. I don't like yes. it. So to clarify, is it any type of jewelry or only those emblems that can kill the ooze? Well, well, my friendship jewelry hasn't been helping, but any jewelry's worth a try. Ellen, I don't have the stupid bracelet. I've made those and, um, for you myself. I, it, it doesn't matter. We're still friends. Ma'am, I hate to interject, but <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's the fire steel emblems that are really doing the trick here. These, I, I don't know where you got these from, but they do seem to be recoiling against the master, or the master who does be recoiling from them. And whatever celestial rune they have engraved in them does seem to be negating sort of uh, abyssal, uh, sort of uh, infernal fiendish magic that has been brewing in this old ooze for uh, presumably a couple of weeks even though i don't i surely do not remember any of this before okay, today okay, okay thank you thank you thank you for that long-winded explanation oh you're very welcome i'm always happy to help a, a fellow ooze enthusiast and ooze enthusiast we call her god sorry, as she's sorry, doing this long explanation we, we like briefly cut we cut to Aaron, who is like silently just like fighting with this chute of garbage and trying to like use his body to to block it and failing and like getting blown back out and almost falling to his death as she's just like rambling about how much she loves oozes. <laughs> okay, so Al takes um some of the uh, metal that's in her mouth, like some of the random uh, weapons in right. her mouth, and she takes the rune that uh, was given to her by Zoom and Enhance. And she takes a knife and she copies the rune symbol into the different types of jewelry. Okay. And let's say she does like maybe five of them and okay. then she throws them all into the ooze. Including the one from Zoom and Enhance? Yeah. Okay. So um, the other the other uh, five copies that you make, they they sort of have an impact. Like she, Shannon, or uh, Al is a pretty good, uh, pretty good with a knife. So they, 
they do like the the ooze goes dark where those hits but it's not nearly as big a spot and the ooze doesn't recoil from those pieces of metal it just darkens in those places however where the fire steel hits where there's also the celestial rune it recoils and darkens and uh, the ooze at that with that with those last few like sort of runes and that last bit of fire still touching it it sort of like starts collapsing in on itself and uh the whole chamber you're in is you're in starts rumbling and it starts collapsing. We gotta, y'all, we gotta get out of here. These these walls are not built to sustain themselves without the sort of volume of the master ooze in it, and you appear to have sort of dissolved it into a puddle of uh, uh, desiccated uh, dust. That sounds like a really good idea. We we should get out of here. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, uh, you you all start running. Um, the the sort of the runes um, the runes around the thing have are still glowing, but they're glowing a little less brightly now, and they're starting to crumble as the walls crumble around them. So the, the runes are finally starting to break as, like, whatever energy source this ooze was creating is sort of diminished, and uh, the runes are sort of are sort of losing their, their potency, and you're all feeling a little less existential dread, but also more sort of immediate imminent death threat as the cavern, as sort of the tunnels are collapsing. We've, um, we've, everybody forgot a lot of things, but you didn't forget the, the Labyrinth song, did you? Two lefts and a right, and then straight past the pit trap. Then you have to crawl on your belly for a little while, because there's a collapsed section. Turn around, it's the third door on the right, and then we'll get back to the arcade. And so you find yourselves uh, at the arcade. Um, you don't see the the Oblexes anywhere. You know that they aren't very fast, and you should have passed them on the way there. But you also dodged, like, three cave-ins on your way here, so you think that maybe they sort of got mushed at some point. Um, but at any rate, uh, all of you, um, including they did grab um, uh, Becky and Rouge did grab the corpse of Derek Dreck. Um, and so all four of the dirt and debris disposal guild members and all four, all five detectives, including Bark, um, have returned to the basement of the arcade. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. What um, you uh, Well, Hey, everybody. Uh, did you solve the problem down there? It doesn't really look like you sealed up the hole so much and uh, haven't seen my ooze buddies in a bit. Uh, so what's going on? Eric has sleep uh. on him. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let me make a, let me make a roll for that. I it's, feel is, like is he humanoid? Um I don't know if they are affected by sleep. Boy, a lot of rules in this game, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of rules that we usually don't pay that much attention to. So, uh, great. Let's 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 do this the way that uh should happen. Uh Aaron slaps him in the face. Oh, uh, that hurt uh, quite a bit, actually. Brian. Brian. Yeah, what? You just slapped me in the face. Brian. What? It's not a game. It, it's not a it's game. It's funny you talk about games, because all mine just stopped working. Yeah, yeah, no, you were tapping into a real conflict that spans multiple universes and planes, and you almost brought it all right here to Lan Arcanum. But now the games don't work as a thing, pal. <laughs> you wrecked my games. That was my whole livelihood. Aaron produces the three coins and gra- takes uh, takes Brian's hand and one at a time puts them in and says, you are welcome, and closes his hand and walks away. Uh, nobody cares about your game, you idiot. Oh, yeah. Uh, you almost ruined the city just for profit. I think a lot of folks cared about D&D while it was around. They loved playing demons and devils, but it's all over now. Nobody cares about D&D. Only losers play D&D. Well, now, that seems... Hold on a second. I do want to say that doesn't seem right at all. That seems blatantly untrue. He looks right at the camera. I think a lot of fine folks play D&D. At least, 
During the, like, two days my arcade was open. Nobody cares about your game. Well now hold on, Aloe. I don't know that that's fair. We didn't even get to try d and I mean, everybody else was having fun playing it. And if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Maybe we'll get to try it next year when they come out with the new version. And if that isn't fun, then maybe we're just going to have to argue that the older version was. Well, you know, that does sound like a whole lot of fun. I'll tell you right now, they're, uh, uh, I didn't even never catch your name. Hi, I'm Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Uh, have I ever introduced myself to you? I, I don't seem to remember very well. I'm Becky Skew, a member of the director of the Dirt and Debris Disposal Guild. And I do, it would sound like I would have a great time sort of playing, um, nothing going on today, right? Well, I mean, it's Trash Day. Trash day. Trash day. I love Trash Day. And no giant ooze is going to keep Bark and I from rolling in trash today. Ellen and Bark will run outside and find a pile of trash and roll in it. Um, so you guys, um, yeah, you all go outside. Uh, you find that the, the arcade parlor is emptied out. All the children and adults have sort of stopped. When, the, when all the sort of fun blood war games stopped working, they all sort of filtered out of there. Um, Brian Dryan is, like, massaging his cheek. He's got a, he's got a, um... A frozen ham hock uh, up against his cheek, and uh, he's sort of picking up toy ruby rods and toy like sludge balls and stacking them up in a in a crate. Um, and you see the uh, you see the chief uh, outside in her minotaur form, dumping that crate of old police uniforms down into the uh, down 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 into the into the catacombs through a trash hole. Uh, how'd everything uh, go for go down there? Did you get sort of? You solve all your cases and stuff because, like, it's almost lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, we we did. Did mm. I, I, well? That sounds like you're ready for today's special, then. Oh, why? What's the special? Uh, carry on my wayward bun. And with that, you hear the melodious <laughs> tones of everyone's uh, favorite now sayer, Skip Skyseeker. Good evening, Lanarkanum. It's me, Skip Skyseeker. Now sayer five here with your evening news. Lanarkanum's very first quote-unquote arcade has already been closed. Proprietor Brian Dryan has reported, quote-unquote, supply chain difficulties and hope to be open again in a few, yes, this is right, years. A few years. Meanwhile, Trash Day went swimmingly. I personally disposed of a year's worth of broken megaphones and rotten soapboxes, and I spotted Lanark Hannum's own former chief of the High Guard disposing of an entire armoire's worth of old uniforms. Clearly a day we will all remember for years to come. I'm Skip Skyseeker, now say a five, and that's all the news that's fit to shout. Um, and without without addressing what happens to Raina Dross, who definitely, definitely, definitely murdered Derek, uh, Derek Dreck, um, we cut, we cut back down to the catacombs. Back down to those sewers. Back underneath Lan Arcanum. Uh, we find ourselves looking at four Oblexes. Pinky, Inky, Blinky, and Clydebert. They're all four mixed with strange colors, one an orangey-yellow, the other a teal-blue, third a purplish-pink, and the fourth a deep red. Trash comes tumbling down the hole, and the catacombs are littered with discarded fruit and tons and tons of small, round, bright highguard badges. These four oblexes hear something and turn as one to catch a glimpse of all the remains of the master ooze crawling out of its pit, a small yellow puddle with a mouth. It chomps on one of the shining circles, and grows slightly. The Oblexes, with just enough of Becky's, Aloe's, Rouge's, and Shannon's memories left, begin chasing their new eternal target. Thanks for listening to Lawful and Orderly Special Visions Unit. Join our detectives next time for another exciting adventure in Lan Arcanum. Same RPG time. Same RPG Academy. 
visit us at dndsvu.rpg.academy. Our whole crew can be found on Twitter. Scott is at G-E-O-W-T-F. Jeffrey is at ATL underscore Spielberg. Clara is at A-L-O underscore S-E-D-A-1. Marty is at Schmarty. And Andrew J. Young is at That1GM. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. Or tell a friend about the show. Thanks.